Well, good morning and Merry Christmas. Can I admire my wishes to Joe's? My name is David. I'm one of the ministry staff here. Let me pray for us as we spend some time thinking about Jesus from Luke chapter 2. Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for your Son entered into our world this happy morning. We ask as we hear his theme song this morning, as we listen to what the angels said of this one who was born, that you would take away from us naivety, that you would take away from us arrogance, and instead that you would show us that what we need above all else, now and for eternity, is a saviour. And show us that you have provided that saviour in the person who is the king. And we ask this for your sake, and for your glory. Amen. The very best theme songs give you much more than an introduction to a character. The very best theme songs set up the plot. What is going to happen? They give you a sense for whether it's a good guy or a bad guy. They show you so much about what's going to come. Now, I've got a few examples. Uh, let's, let's see if you can spot who this is the theme song for. Now, I could just pause it there, right? Anyone know? Superman, right? Okay, very good. You know who this is for. You can sit over there and you can listen. Listen to it. You can hear it over there too. Strength. Power. Might. You're being introduced. You don't even need lyrics. And you know what this character is going to be like. He's going to fight against insurmountable odds. You, you even get a sense of him kind of flying like he... The best theme songs do much more than introduce the character to you. What about this one? Here's a slightly harder one. See if you can spot this character. Mystery. Intrigue. Anyone? Anyone before we get to the next bit? James? Very good. You guys watch a lot of TV. Right? I mean, it's, it's, it's got that sense of the suave, the sophisticated. But it also has... Car chases. Fight scenes. Bullets. Guns. Death. Good guys. Bad guys. Oh. You can just sense the mystery building. All right, James Bond, a good theme song, even without lyrics, gets you going. What about this one? Because it's not just good guys that get theme songs. Sometimes the bad guys... Oh, okay, I do, I, do I need any more? Right, I mean, this is... Striding, purposeful, nobody will get in my way. I have power and nobody can stop me. Except that there's also the occasional major note in the middle of the minor notes. Perhaps there's some light to this character. I'll say no more. <clears throat> if you haven't seen it anyway, some of them just go all out and give you lyrics. They're just going to tell you what's coming up. We're not going to let you guess, right? I mean, the opening line of this one. Okay, well, you don't need any more. They're teenagers, they're mutants, they're ninjas, and they're turtles. There's the whole show, right? And you know that they're going to have all of those elements in the show. They're going to eat pizza and sleep late because they're teenagers. They're going to fight crazy things because they're mutants. They're ninjas. So, you know, and they're turtles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, that's just a little joke if you came to our carols last night, last week. Uh, they, they, get, they kind of go from the sublime to the ridiculous as we keep going that way, right? Sometimes I just want to tell you what the whole show is about and I've been in trouble for not using this yet. So here you go. Anyone know what this one is? Oh. 
Like the best theme songs tell you about the whole show. What are they going to do, itchy and scratchy, in the whole show? They're going to fight and they're going to bite, right? There you go. You don't need to know. In fact, you don't even need to watch it. And then occasionally, composers create just this moment of absolute majesty as they meld together the best music with the greatest lyrics to produce some of the most, well, arguably best music in the world, right? I mean, one of my favourite shows, this theme song. Uh, Oh, hang on. No, no. Uh, how did um how did that get in there? Sorry guys. <clears throat> the best theme songs do so much more than introduce the character to you. They set up what's going to happen. Now, when Jesus was born, God pushed play on his theme song. Now, unfortunately, none of the shepherds were clever enough to pull out their phone and record it for us, uh, but they did write down the lyrics. We can get a sense of not just the character, but who he is and what he will do from the theme song. Really, this morning, I'm just going to focus on one sentence out of all that was read to us in Luke chapter 2, that one sentence at verse 11. It explains Christmas for us. In fact, it does so much more than explain Christmas. It shows us how important this one baby is. And not just important in a cosmic sense, not just important in a, there's characters out there somewhere, but important in a direct, personal, challenging way. This, this, this is the verse. Here is Jesus' theme song. The angel says, Today, in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Now you can kind of read it and go, oh, well, yeah, that's a bunch of lovely words, aren't they? We, we, nebulous kind of meaning, but it's a great theme song. Like all good theme songs, it sets the location. Today, in the town of David. We're not in uh, Metropolis, we're not in Gotham City, we're not in Ponyville, we're not in... All of these are fictional places. Here is the historical town of David. The city of kings. Do you know who David was? He was the greatest king the people of God ever had. And he was born in Bethlehem, in that same little place. In fact, such a king was David that God made a kind of, well, bizarre promise to him. God said to David, one of your descendants is going to come and sit on your throne and rule for eternity. You go, what are you talking about? How is somebody going to rule for eternity? I mean, death happens, right? Kings die. That's the whole thing with with, with monarchies that are passed down. How is this king going to come and rule forever? Jesus, born in the town of David, the global king, the ruler of everything, the one who will reign forever. We don't just get the geography, we get his job description, right? Teenage mutant ninja turtles, that's what they did. Listen to what this one will do. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is... And then there's just a word that we use as a swear word, right? Christ. I mean, what is that? Right, Mr. Christ and Mrs. Christ had baby Christ. Is that how it... It's none of those. It's a job description. It's, it's, just, it, it, it's a Greek word for a Hebrew word that neither of them have been translated into English. Let me translate it for you. King. Well, it's a little bit more than just king. It's God's chosen king. 
God's anointed king. The king who God promised David would rule for eternity. And not just over God's people, but the whole world. This one who was born in the city of David was the one who God chose to be the king over all creation and all creatures for eternity. The theme song gives us the geography, it gives us the job description, it gives us his title. He is Christ, the Lord. That's kind of the easiest one for us, right? Lord, Master, somebody... Except that this is the strangest one because you know whose title Lord is in the Bible? It's God's. Why is Jesus given this title when this is the title that belongs to God? Well, it is because God entered into his creation. It's exactly what happened at Christmas. It's what we're remembering today. Jesus rules with all authority as God because he is God. God entered into his creation in the person of his son, Jesus. It all comes together in that Isaiah 9 reading. Uh, If you're a quick Bible flicker and you want to look it up, go for it. Otherwise, I'll just read a couple of verses for you. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. I mean, listen, listen to this, how it just comes together. To us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing, upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. I mean, there it is. The son born, the baby who comes, who sits on the throne of David and rules over God's creation for eternity, who is called mighty God. Jesus... And I hope you understand by now that this is the whole point of Christmas. Jesus is God's king over the whole world, including you. And it's not a king like our monarch, because let's be honest, our monarch is quite distant and quite removed and has very little to no say over our lives. This is a king who knows us personally, intimately, who not only knows us but knows what is good for us and in whose whose rule he wants to declare to us how to live, who to be, what to strive for. It's not a distant ruler. It is an immediate one and a personal one. And so our duty, whether we like it or not, dare I say, is to submit to God's king. Now, as it turns out, it's more than a duty. It's also a joy. For this is a king who is not selfish, this is a king who is not vain, who is not egocentric, who is not arrogant, who is not caught up in his own power. This is a king who truly wants good for us. Now if you understand that about Jesus, it explains so much. It explains Luke's concern for history. To make sure that we understand these events aren't myth. They're not a story that someone came up with. We have plenty of myths at Christmas time. I won't uh, spoil anything for any particular children who may enjoy those myths, but they are myths. They're stories. Someone made them up. 
Luke's concern was that we know that this is true, real, fact, adult, history. Because he's the king who's entered the world. He was concerned to go and talk to the eyewitnesses. Tell me what you saw. Tell me what you heard. You were there. Tell me about it. This isn't some private revelation in a cave that nobody else knows about. You don't need special golden glasses or or, or, or amazing insight to be able to understand this. These were the people who were there, who saw it, who experienced it. It is their story that we have written down for us. That Jesus is the king explains the angels. You ever thought about how strange it is? Personally, I've never had an experience of, of... these amazing celestial spiritual beings appearing to me and kind of, was oh, whatever the your video at the start was. But of course I haven't. I'm not God's chosen king who's entered into the creation. Jesus is. In fact, if the angels weren't there, it would have been strange. How can you not have the herald to announce the birth of this one? It explains the history. It explains the angels. It explains Jesus' life. Born, grew up, lived the perfect life, behaved in a way that only God could. He turned water into wine. He calmed storms. He made the lame walk, the blind see, the deaf hear, the dumb speak. He walked on water. He fed thousands from nothing. He brought the dead to life. All of which is astonishing unless Jesus acts with the very authority and power of God himself. How hard is it for God to bring the dead to life when he's the one who gave them life in the first place? That Jesus is the king explains so much. But it begs a question. It leaves me wondering, why do we reject his rule? I mean, let's be honest here. The last thing we want is God telling us what to do. The last thing we want is God saying, actually, no, this is the best way for you to live. This is the best way for you to be. These are the best dreams for you to have. This is your life. We don't want that. We say, go away. We want to live our own way. I want to dictate what is good for me. Thank you very much. Even though he's the great king, he's the one who made us and knows what is good for us, still we say, you know what, Uh, I'm going my way. It's the best news in the world that God's king was born and yet we walk away from it angry. Really, the Bible says that's sin. That's just what the Bible calls sin. Us saying no to God's rule. It's why we need the second part of this theme song. See, the first part was the royal rule, the king that's born. The second part is all captured up in one word. Today, in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. Royal rule and royal rescue. There's some pretty crazy rescue stories out there. Uh, you, you can spend a very entertaining couple of hours on the internet. Uh, just, just Google crazy rescue stories and you, you'll find all sorts of, you'll find a lot of cat pictures, but you find that no matter what you Google. But you will find some amazing stories of sacrifice and rescue. One of my favourite is a lady called Ingrid Betancourt. Anyone remember her? 
Anyone? Oh, yeah, my man. Right. Okay, so Ingrid was, uh, was, was a candidate for the, in the presidential elections in Colombia in 2002. I grew up in South America, by the way, so a bit of an affinity for that part of the world. Okay, candidate for presidential elections in 2002. Um, she decided that because she wanted to be a president for all the people, she needed to go and visit the, the demilitarized zone, the DMZ, uh, with the guerrilla groups that operate or operated until June this year, in Colombia. Okay, you're with me so far? Guerrillas, rebel, civil war, essentially, within the country. She's going to go and visit a bit of the country that is supposed to be peaceful. She gets to the border with the DMZ, and all of her armed guards say, we're not going with you. Now, at that point, you're kind of getting the hint, right? She goes, no, president for the people, let's go. So in she goes with just her two assistants. And, of course, they come across a, a, a patrol for the guerrilla groups and they think, oh, hey, look, high-profile target, whoop, kidnap. Six years later, 2008, she's still a political prisoner. They've tried to free her. They have, I mean, these guys live in, in, in the mountain, the forest zone, right? There's no way you're finding them. There's no way you're rescuing her by military might. But they came up with this kind of really cool plan. They infiltrated into FARC, into the, the that's, unfortunately that's what this group is called, right? Uh, they infiltrated into it and, and managed to get themselves into positions of power. And from this position of power, they gathered a whole bunch of these hostages, namely under the, the guise of transporting them to go and meet the new head of this guerrilla group. Now, of course, they're infiltrators. They teed it up so that the helicopter that came to move them was one of theirs. They're all dressed up, they're wearing Che Guevara t-shirts and they're all like, oh, we're bad guys, right? And, and, and Ingrid recounts, she says, as soon as I saw the, the door of the helicopter open and I saw who was in there, my, I just, my hope was gone because they're just more of these same guys who are going to treat me the same. And so she climbed in and it wasn't until the crew, because they were a rescue crew, subdued the two guerrillas who had come in with them and said, you are now free, that she realised the whole thing was a sham. It was a setup to rescue her. Anyway, it's a cool story. Kind of beside the point of everything I'm talking about. Except that this is an even crazier rescue story. For God himself entered into the world to become one of us. To rescue us. You might be sitting there thinking, I don't need rescuing. I mean, what do I need rescuing from? I, I, my, my life's good. I've got a good job. It pays me well. My, I like my house. My family's really lovely. I go on holidays every year. I travel. I delight. I enjoy what I want. My, my life. I don't need rescuing. Now, if you think that, God contradicts you most strongly. God says to you, you're wrong. He didn't make a mistake sending Jesus into the world as a saviour. It's not that he went, all right, in you go, uh, you better go save those guys, and Jesus got here, and we went, oh, yeah, we don't need saving. And he went, oh, uh, um, uh, okay, okay then, I'll, I'll just go back, shall I? I mean, it's, God knew what he was doing when he sent a saviour. He sent a saviour to those who need rescuing. And why is it that we need rescuing? What's well, in the chorus of the theme song? Look down to verse 14. As the angel says, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favour rests. And we look at it and we go, how good is that? What a Christmas sentiment. Peace to the world. That's what we want, right? But don't misunderstand it. This isn't world peace. This isn't love and mung beans and we're all sitting around the campfire singing Kumbaya. Peace to men 
on whom his favour rests. Peace with those who have been reconciled to God. I, I tell you, if you think you don't need rescuing, you're either blindingly naive or supremely arrogant. I'm, I'm sorry to put it that way, but you pick any decade in the history of humanity, pick any year, and look at the world that we live in, and you will see the consequences of a world that has said no to God, who has rejected his rule. You turn your back on the source of everything good, and what are you left with? The kind of world that we have. You've got to be naive to think we don't need rescuing. You've got to be naive in your own life. Pick any day of the week. And you will be able to see in that day the consequences of us rejecting God's rule. Or maybe it takes arrogance. Oh no, but I have lived the perfect life. I have lived the way God would have me live. Really? I mean, perhaps you've lived the way you want to live. Perhaps you can look back on your life and honestly say, no, I'm happy with my life. I lived the way I wanted to. But not one of us can say, I've lived the way God wanted me to live. You will not rule me, we say to God. That's sin. That is what we need rescue from. This is the message of Christmas. Please take it with you this morning. God entered our world to rule and to save. The king didn't stay out. Jesus came in, born, lived the perfect life that we couldn't, died to carry God's displeasure with us on himself. And I'll tell you what, it was so effective that God raised him back to life again. How is it that the one who was born in the city of David can reign forever? Because he's immortal. He has eternal life. That's how. And he offers it to you. He did all of that so that you could be forgiven and enter into that relationship with God. I want to invite you this morning. I want to invite you. Come and bow the knee to King Jesus today. And if you do, all will be forgiven. The past wiped clean. The sin, the rejection, the rebellion that rightly deserves God's displeasure, paid for. Come today. It is a limited time offer. Because this king will return to round up the dissidents. Anybody left who has not bowed before him will be made to bow and at that point there will be no forgiveness. Listen to his call this morning. It is good news. A saviour born, the one who rules. I'll tell you, the best theme songs, they really set it up for you, don't they? They really tell you not just who this character is, but what he's going to do. And this one, the Lord, the King, the Saviour, invites you today, come and kneel, even if it is before a baby in a manger. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much that you did not stay out. You didn't leave us in our rejection and our rebellion of you. But you entered into your own creation. Your son, the Lord Jesus, came, was born, lived perfectly, died for us, was raised to new life forever. 
and now offers us that forgiveness that we need that we might once again bow before you. Father, if we've been naive, please open our eyes. If we've been arrogant, please humble our hearts. Father, this Christmas, please, would it be the time where we see Jesus anew, we understand him, and we respond rightly. Amen.